Here we go, They're seven seconds. Deep. Berkovici, he's just going to air it out deep downfield, and uh, no white shirts around. Oh, it's it's gone. Gone. Gone for a touchdown. It doesn't get any better than What is up, guys, and welcome back to another episode of the Red Shirt Podcast. We are on the home stretch of our NFL season predictions. Uh, we're halfway through the NFC. We did the North and the East. We're now, for this episode, going to the South. Uh, Jackson Powers, how are you? I'm doing wonderful. Um, I uh, I just caught the new new Barbie movie last night, so I've finally seen both subsequent parts of the new Barbenheimer rivalry, I guess you could say. Um, and I think I've come to the conclusion that I'm more of an Oppenheimer guy, even though I, I thought both films were quite good. All right, I so, uh, I've yet yeah. I've yet to see either, but in- interesting. Mm. I, I'm not surprised that you came to that conclusion, but yeah, yeah. I I thought I thought Barbie was like a fun, you know, experience to to go and be with friends, and Oppenheimer. I thought Oppenheimer was just a better movie. I I thought Christopher Nolan did a great job, and I really think Cillian Murphy's gonna win, uh, best actor at the Oscars. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you think the episodes of the Red Shirt podcast are long, go watch Oppenheimer. I mean, what is it, three and a half hours? True. Something like that, dude. It, and it feels longer than it is because there's like – but the, the the nice thing about it is it's paced really fast, so it's never like slow, but there's just like multiple different storylines being carried out at the same time. It's definitely it's definitely a long one, but I, I, I would highly recommend yeah, I mean, me, I'd rather listen to a couple episodes of the Red Shirt podcast, but you can, it's oh, not, they're not mutually exclusive. You can, you can do both. Yeah, yeah. All right. They, yeah, uh, Oppenheimer doesn't offer the same kind of high-end NFL insight that the, the Red Shirt certainly does. So Absolutely. Absolutely. That tells you all the information you need to know. All right, let's, let's talk some football, shall we? Let's do it. Uh, let's do it. Starting at the bottom of the NFC South, what do you have for me? All right, well. Not only do I have this team finishing last in the AFC South, I have them finishing last in the entire league and earning themselves the number one overall pick. And that team is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, They currently have a quarterback battle of Baker Mayfield and Kyle Trask going on. And I think that these are the two worst options in the entire league. I think given what we've seen out of the Browns and the Panthers, Baker should have been written off. I understand he had, a couple flashes when he went over to LA for that short little stint at the end of the year last season. Um, but I think we we've seen enough of a sample size in Baker that we should know who he is by now. I, I really think whether it's going to be him or Trask and I have to imagine it's Baker. I think that they're both going to be awful, awful options. And I wouldn't be surprised if whoever wins the starting job gets benched for poor performance when the other one comes in. Um, and plays just as poor. I think that this quarterback room is going to be the worst in the league. Um, Looking at the running back position, Rashad White came in, took Leonard Fournette's job at the end of last year, and kind of ran away with it, and is going to, I think, lead this backfield by a pretty decent margin. I bet he's one of the few true three-down backs left in the league this year, um, followed by Keyshawn Vaughn, the rookie out of Kansas State along with two former Dolphins and Chase Edmonds and Patrick Laird. It's solid depth in that room. Um, but I I really don't trust the rest of this offense to get a good running game going. Looking at the receiving court, Mike Edwins, Mike Evans, excuse me, and Chris Godwin, both very reliable targets, but I think given the lack of explosives with them, uh, I don't really see 
how the offense is going to get kick-started with Baker or Trask at the helm. I don't think Evans and Godwin are elevators in that regard, as consistent and reliable as they are. Um, And then in the rest of that receiver room, you've got Russell Gage, Trey Palmer, David Moore, some solid options, but I I think Evans and Godwin are going to move the needle a little bit less than a lot of people are worried about right now. Um, And then looking at the offensive line, Worfs is obviously one of the best in the league. Uh, But after that, it gets a little bit rough. Matt Filer, Ryan Jensen, Cody Mock, and Luke Gadecki, who had a really bad year last year. Mock has a really high ceiling out of North Dakota State. Um, I think he could be an awesome, awesome run blocker in the future. Uh, But as it is, I really don't expect him to come in year one and perform at a high level. I think that this offensive line uh, is going to look a little bit closer to below league average than one of the top end Bucks offensive lines that we saw a few years ago when this team was Super Bowl winners with Tom Brady. Uh, moving on to the defense. Obviously, Vita Vea is a monster and one of the best nose tackles in the entire league. Uh, Kalijah Kansi, the rookie out of hit the University of Pittsburgh. I really liked him as pass rusher. I think that from the interior, he offers enough speed and hand fighting to where he's going to consistently get pressure. And I would not be surprised if he's above league average in that regard from day one. His biggest issue is that he's really undersized and is not going to do anything against the run. And I'm not familiar enough with this depth to really say whether or not he's going to be taking a ton of snaps in that, or if he's going to be someone like, like a Bryce Huff where they're coming in for third down dime package, like clear pass situations. Um, If he's getting those snaps in the run game, it could be scary hours for him. Um, But I think if he's being used in the right role and is kind of getting some of those snaps taken away from him, he could have a lot more sexy of a rookie year from a per play basis. Um, Logan Hall, the former Titan, he's not a bad option. And then this linebacker core is definitely the strongest part of their team. They have Joe Tryon Shoyinka, the former first-rounder. Yaya Diaby, the third-round rookie out of Louisville, who I really liked. Uh, Devin White and Levante David is a really solid interior duo. Um, obviously, we've seen some issues with Devin White over the past few years, but him playing without the security of that fifth-year option being picked up, I think he could be in for a little bit of a resurgence here. And Levante David, obviously he's getting up there, but he's been such a consistent option in that linebacker room for them for so many years now. Um, I think that he still has some gas left in the tank. And obviously Shaquille Barrett, a really smooth pass rusher. Uh, I think he's going to do a great job of getting to the quarterback. Where I kind of see the issue is this secondary. Jamel Dean, I think, is a solid option. But after that, Carlton Davis, D. Delaney, Zion McCollum, the depth here is Really, really pitiful. And if you see an injury to either Dean or Davis, it's going to be some rough, rough times uh, guarding opposing receivers. Um, And then in the safety room, Ryan Neal, the former Seahawk, who I really liked, I think he's a little bit limited to the box. um, And it kind of means you have to put Antoine Winfield up top. Excuse me. Uh, Big sneeze there. Um, I think Neal's going to be kind of a box guy. And Antoine Winfield is going to kind of see the – the one high look quite a bit. Um, And I think that's a solid duo, but it's nothing that's moving the needle for me. Um, Overall, looking at this roster, I think this offense is going to be pitiful, pitiful, like one of the worst in the league. Um, And then the defense, they have some pieces that I like, but there's also enough weaknesses to where I'm thinking there's certainly a really low, excuse me, really low floor here. 
Um, I think this is going to be maybe not the worst in the league in terms of power rankings, but when it comes to record, I really think this team is going to be the winner of the Caleb Williams sweepstakes for next year's draft. So that's where I've got the Buccaneers right. Yeah, fair enough. I also have the Bucks in last place with a record of 5-12. and 12. The offense will just – you look at this team, and they won the division last year with the huge caveat of that they were – Eight and nine, which is hilarious. And that was with Tom Brady, albeit, you know, we can we can discuss what kind of Tom Brady it was last year, whatever. And you move from that to the competition between Baker and Kyle Trask. It's it's hard to get super excited about that. Kyle Trask, I really never understood the pick from the beginning. I think he was a fine college quarterback, but I didn't really see the NFL upside. Baker you know, he had a fun little run in L.A., but it's it's hard to really have a ton of faith in him. It's a lot easier to to try to convince yourself on Baker, but that's a tough sell. The guys are – the skill positions around him, not bad. Rashad White, I think, is in for a huge year with Leonard Fournette gone. There are a couple interesting guys that could step up as the secondary running backs. They have Chase Edmonds. Uh, they have Keyshawn Vaughn as well as undrafted free agent Sean Tucker, I'm a big fan of. And the receivers, Evans and Godwin, it's a good duo. It's just like you were saying, they're not explosive players. They're not like huge run-after-catch guys. And without a quarterback, without consistent quarterback play, there's no doubt that their production is going to be limited. Um, tight end, obviously, not not too much going on there. The, again, the skill positions, like I like Rashad White, I like Chris Godwin, I like Mike Evans. But all of that kind of becomes not irrelevant, but their upside is limited when you have mediocrity to below average play at quarterback. Line, like you mentioned, Tristan Warris is a dog. Uh, Ryan Jensen has been around for a while, solid player. Cody Mock is someone to look at. He was, I believe, second round pick. It'll be interesting to see if he, like you said, I, I don't know if he'll be able to start off super hot, making the transition from North Dakota State. But he's definitely someone worth watching. The defense, when I look over this team, the defense, I, I don't hate. They drafted Kalaja Kansi with their first-round pick. That's a front led by Kansi Vitavea, which is a pretty fun duo. It's very it's kind of funny. They're very different body types, but both very, very effective players. You mentioned the linebackers, definitely the best part of this team. Uh, Joe Tryon, Shayinka, Levante David, Shaquille Barrett, Devin White. Did I already say Levante David? I, I think you did, but I, I just know, he's, Levante he's good David, enough that Levante enough David that deserves to get away with it twice. twice. He's he's an ageless wonder. He's still so so solid. You mentioned Devin White. We've seen some up and downs, but overall, that's a very strong group of linebackers that definitely capable of making plays, and the DBs. At least on paper, it's not awful. You have, uh, I would imagine it'll be Dean and uh, Carlton Davis getting the start corners, the safety duo of Winfield, Neal. After that, though, there's not a ton of depth that I love. So I don't think it's a unit that's awful, but it's also nothing that, that really excites you, especially when you consider, you know, kind, kind of low on the offense, stemming around the quarterback, it feels like you need something over the top on that defense to really inspire you, to make you think, oh, this team can contend for a playoff spot, and I'm not there. I don't think the defense is bad, but I don't think it can compensate for the fact that I think the offense is really going to struggle with 
with whoever's at quarterback. I do think, with that being said, Evans and Goblin, I think, will struggle. I think Rashad White, not that this is a fantasy podcast, I think he, I think Rashad White will be a great, great fantasy value. Mm. I think he's going to have a big year fantasy-wise. He should be a, a PPR legend, and I don't, I don't really see any of the other guys taking a significant amount of the reps. I don't, you know, Keyshawn Vaughn is in a pass-catching back. Chase Evans, I'm sure, will take a little bit of it, but... Irrelevant to the overall point we're making, I'm just a big, you know, Arizona State, Rashad White, he's my guy. 5-12, and 12, the, the Buccaneers aren't your average, like, bad team because there are good players to them. It's just, it's really hard to buy into them with where, where they're at at quarterback is is my conclusion. So what was the, what was the record you had them at? I have them at 5-12. and 12. Oh, okay. So you're probably a little bit higher than, than I am. Yeah, I mean, um, it, right. again, it, it's all relative. That's what it's really yeah. – I think the ranking is the most important. But, yeah, I'm, uh-huh. I'm a little higher on them than you. All right. Um, Coming in at third in the NFC South, I have got the Carolina Panthers. Obviously, the biggest headline with this team is that Bryce Young is going to be the starting quarterback this season. We heard uh Frank Reich come out training camp and say, yeah, he's QB1 right now. And I kind of find it hard to imagine that he's going to lose his job to Andy Dalton. Um, Bryce Young, obviously the former Alabama Heisman winner. I think he has a lot of pro-level traits already coming out of the draft class. And we've obviously seen a ton of different rookie quarterbacks struggle to a major, major degree. I don't think Bryce Young is going to quite be that guy. I don't think he's going to be any kind of incredible player from the get-go. But I do think he'll kind of pull his own weight, I guess, with this offense. Um, Looking at the running back room, Miles Sanders finally getting his first lead back role after the however many years in Philly where it was a major, major committee. Uh, Chuba Hubbard behind him has not really looked great in his two years in the league so far, and then followed by Raheem Blackshear and Spencer Brown. And then the receiver room gets really interesting. Adam Thielen Looks to be the wide receiver one right now. I thought that was one of the worst signings of the offseason. He showed very clear regression and aging by his last year in Minneapolis. And I think giving him a three-year deal is really bad process. I find it really hard to believe he lives up to the money that they gave him. Um, but I understand needing to add weapons to Bryce Young, especially especially veteran weapons. I just don't think he's going to be as explosive as the money that you gave him. Um, and then the rest of the options, DJ Chark, the former Jacksonville Jaguar and Lion, finally finds himself another role in Carolina. Terrace Marshall Jr., who I actually have really high hopes for, the the former LSU guy. Um, I think if he gets himself a starting role, he could look really sweet. Jonathan Mingo was a rookie that I really liked out of Old Miss. I think he's going to get himself involved pretty quickly, especially given the kind of lack of targets in front of him. Um, and then LaVisca Chanel, I think, is a pretty awesome rack guy, and I bet Gets a ton of workload on screens and anything really designed for him to make a play after the catch. It'll probably be him involved in that. Um, And then moving on to the tight ends, this is one of the deepest rooms in the league, in my opinion. Hayden Hurst, the former Ravens first rounder. Ian Thomas has been an option there for a little while. Tommy Tremble, no really sexy names, but these are certainly, uh, it's, it's a good group of serviceable guys. And if one goes down, you're not too worried about it. And then I think the offensive line is going to be well above league average. Ike McQuanu took a major, major jump during the second half of his rookie year last year. Uh, and I see no reason why we're going to see regression 
Um, Bradley Bozeman, the former Ravens center, has been really solid his whole career. Taylor Moton, Austin Corbett. I think this is a really solid group. Um, and that's really important when you have a rookie quarterback like Bryce Young. So I think that I'm that's another reason to buy in on the development of Young. Um, and I really like this offensive line. I don't think this offense is going to be too, too explosive given the kind of lack of targets here. But uh, I, if you're the Panthers, you're not really trying to contend right now. So I think you're okay with that. If you're seeing flashes out of Young and the receiving core is starting to click a little bit, I think you feel good. Um, all right, on to the defense. Brian Burns, obviously, is one of the best pass rushers in the league. Um, very bendy, not too hefty in terms of his weight, but great bend around the edge, great, an great ankle flexion. Shai Tuttle is one of the better nose tackles on the inside. Derek Brown, obviously the former eighth or ninth overall pick, somewhere in there. Um, Frankie Louvu had a major, major breakout year last season and paired with Shaq Thompson. That's a really solid inside linebacker duo. Um, and then the secondary, uh, I really, really like J.C. Horn. The rest of the cornerbacks are rough. Dante Jackson is not good. Uh, neither is C.J. Henderson. I think that this group is really, really bad, with the exception of Horn, who's obviously one of the best in the league. Uh, but I do really like this safety duo of Von Bell and Jeremy Chin. I think that this sort of lets Chin kind of slide into the box where he belongs. Um, and Von Bell can kind of hang over top. And kind of, I, I bet they play a lot of one high safety looks, a lot of robber looks for Chin um, because he is a much better player uh, within that second level of the field than he is hanging his own in over top coverage. Um, I, I really like this defense. I, I think that there's some holes for sure. I really don't like a lot of the secondary. Um, I think that there's some weak spots on the interior a little bit. Uh, Shaq Thompson's starting to get up there in age. But overall, this is a group that I buy into. I think that the defense is going to be solid. The offense is not quite going to match that. But like I said earlier, you're not really contending as a Panthers fan. You're still looking for development. They're one of those teams that's kind of a year away from being a year away. Um, so, yeah, I, I like the Panthers. I think seven wins is a solid projection for them. They're probably going to be hovering right around league average in terms of the power rankings. Uh, but, yeah, I, I really like this team. So I think I think we're going to end up matching our entire rankings on this division. I also have the Panthers in third place. I have them with a record of 6-11. and 11. Bryce Young, man, that, that's what the season is all about, and it's – it's a cliche when you're talking about rookie quarterbacks, but in the situation of the Panthers, of of the uh, Texans, of the Colts, they really are teams that don't have, I mean, everyone aspires to make the playoffs, but they're not in a place where they expect to make the playoffs necessarily. So Bryce Young being successful, showing those signs of improvement, looking like that first overall pick, is going to make the season a success. And I believe Bryce Young can do that. I think Bryce Young is one of the smarter quarterbacks we've seen. He doesn't necessarily have the same arm talent that other guys have, but I believe he'll have a, a much smoother transition. Maybe some of that ceiling is limited, but I, I'm in on Bryce Young. Miles Sanders is going to get the opportunity to get more regular touches, which I think I think he'll he's a solid player, can, can do something good with that, as well as obviously Chuba Hubbard behind him. The receivers, it's interesting. I like, I'm, I actually, I like DJ Chark. I think he, he's actually a pretty solid piece. Adam Thielen at this point in his career, 
I think he was a, a, a solid addition, but he's not really going to move the needle that much. He's a he's an unspectacular player, but I think someone that is useful to have for a young quarterback, kind of a safety security check down. Terrace Marshall, you mentioned, it, he's been in the league for several years, and, and you know, it, it'd be fair to kind of forget about him, give up on him a little bit, but I, I still think there's something there. Jonathan Mingo, I wasn't huge on out of the draft, but he was a second round pick. He he had a good career at Ole Miss. I could I could buy it. LaVisca Chenault hasn't really had significant success or any sort of consistency in the league. But let me tell you, he he was just so good at Colorado. There was there was I'm gonna tell my grandkids about what LaVisca Chenault Jr. did at Colorado. Regardless, it, he's towards the back of your depth chart. I think that's fine. You mentioned the tight ends, it's very deep. They brought in Hayden Hurst, who has really had a, a career resurrection of sorts, had a, had a nice year in Cincinnati. Tommy Tremble behind, who I've kind of been a big fan of. He hasn't really made the sort of noise that you would have hoped for, but he's still still solid there. And then Ian Thomas to round it out. The line, Iki Aquanu's looking like that, that top 10 caliber pick that he was. Bradley Bozeman, Taylor Moton, that's a pretty good foundation. I believe... Chandler Zavala was their draft pick this year. I don't recall what spot he was taken at out of NC State. But yeah, I, I do remember. I do remember them picking Zavala. I would not be surprised if he started at the guard spot. But I think that that offensive line is also deep enough to where I can look at. My, I think he was a second rounder. Zavala. Either way, I, I the the point is their offensive line. There's there's stuff to like there. Overall, the offense it's. Not going to be one of the better units, but there's definitely some... Like, I, I don't think they're going to be atrocious. I think there are definitely some bright spots to look at. They're building blocks. They they don't have any, like, glaring holes. They're, they're, the upside is limited. They don't have any bona fide stars or anything. But I think they can be... They have a competitive offense. Then the defense, Derek Brown in the middle. He hasn't necessarily lived up that top 10 pick expectations... He can still affect the game on the inside. From there, I, I don't love the rest of of that defensive line. Doesn't do a ton for me. But then you talk about off the edge. Uh, Brian Burns is a absolute game wrecker. It's you know I I think it was kind of crazy that they didn't trade him to the Rams for two first round picks. But regardless, he's still here. Still makes a legitimate impact. Frankie Luvu, former Jets legend, he's really hit his stride in Carolina. Not a not necessarily an every down, uh, sort of significant kind of player, but when he's in there, he's making plays, high motor. And then you move on from there. I mean, Shaq Thompson, that that linebacker group, it's uh, it's pretty strong for for all intensive purposes. And then the DBs, I'm kind of with you. Obviously, J.C. Horn, when he's been healthy, he's been fantastic. But then after that, it's like. There's the name value too, but I don't think Dante Jackson is really all that he's cracked up to be at this point. The uh, Xavier Woods and Von Bell doesn't do a ton for me. Jeremy Chin, I I like it. It'll be interesting to see how they deploy him. Kind of a a random off the beaten trail. Rajon Wright, undrafted free agent out of Oregon State. I like him partially just because he was he was a star on the. What do you, why why am I blanking? Who are you talking about? Rajon Wright. What am I? Oh, I have no idea. Why am I forgetting? Uh, why am I forgetting the name about like junior colleges? 
Hmm. Do you ever watch what's what's it? This is gonna bother me. I f- I feel really stupid. I think you're if you're blanking on a college, I certainly am not one. No, to... no, he went to Oregon State. He went to Oregon State. Oh, okay. But it was, it was he was on. What was last chance you? Last chance you. Oh, from, okay. For, former last saying. chance. Former last chance you legend. Uh sorry that whatever he's off the beaten path a little bit, but again. Dante Jackson, after that, I think there's a, a lot up for interpretation. Same with C.J. Henderson. It was worth the flyer. You know, former highly touted guy, but just not not sure it's going to click at this point. Overall, the Panthers are a very unspectacular team, but I don't think they're going to get bullied around. I don't know if they're going to hang well with the heavyweights, but I, I, I think they're going to be a generally competitive team, even if that doesn't result in a significant amount of wins or necessarily competing for the playoffs but in this division it's it's possible it's a it's a weak nfc there's i'm not super over the top about any of the teams in the nfc north if rice young really plays well they they could be a sneaky contender for the postseason i don't think they would conventionally in most divisions but in this division i i wouldn't rule it out all right i coming in second i've got the saints finishing with the exact same record as the Panthers, um, just getting a tiebreaker over them in terms of division standings. Record of 7-10. and 10, uh, I really do not like this Saints team and how they like to do their team building. They're very aggressive with contract restructures, and they're a team that I think really needs to blow it up, and the front office just won't do it because they don't want to see the pitiful, pitiful years um, that it would take to do that. Uh, and I think that they're sort of just treading water right now. They're not getting anywhere near a Super Bowl. Um, I think their window closed long ago, and they're not really making moves that are taking strides to get back in that direction. Uh, going out and grabbing Derek Carr, uh, given your starter last year was Andy Dalton, I think that's a very lateral move. Carr, um, I was watching some of his Raiders tape to see how I thought he'd fit in with the Saints. I, I really did not like what I saw. His his lower body mechanics are very, very jittery. And considering he's a 10-year veteran, that's not going to change. He's going to throw how he's going to throw. And it led to a lot of poor accuracy over the middle. Um, he was not super smooth in the pocket. There was a lot not to like about Carr. Um, and then behind him, Jameis Winston, obviously, is nothing special at this point in his career. Jake Hayner. Their fifth round pick, I believe, out of Fresno State. I actually really, really liked. I would not Jake be surprised if he comes in. Yes, this is a Jake Hainer fan club podcast. Um, the Fresno State prodigy. I really liked him. Former Washington University of Washington transfer. Um, he was one of the only rookie quarterbacks this year who ran the legitimate pro style offenses in college. He was running a lot of empty three by two. A lot of very difficult concepts that he was reading out very well. I think his processor is NFL level. And I would not be surprised if Carr underperforms and Hayner comes in and plays a lot better than a lot of people are projecting right now. Um, Looking at the running back room, Alvin Kamara um, still potentially facing suspension, even though he pleaded no contest to the assault charges in that club not too long ago. Um, Jamal Williams, who broke the record last year, I believe, Barry Sanders' touchdown record um, of touchdowns in a single season. He's behind him. Solid goal line option. Great leader in the locker room. Kendra Miller is a rookie that they drafted who I really like. 
Um, and then on to the receiver, Chris Olave was a monster last year. I think he's going to be a monster again this year. The Ohio State prodigy, he kind of reminds me of a little bit of a juiced-up Tyler Lockett. He's not that incredible after the catch, but he's a very smooth possession receiver, great outside the sticks. Um, I think he offers a little bit more over the middle than Lockett does right now. I really like Olave, and I think we're going to see a big year two out of him. Michael Thomas, obviously – has not seen the field too much. He's played 10 games in the last three years after his 2019 Offensive Player of the Year campaign. If he can stay healthy, he's a very awesome option. Uh, great route runner, awesome after the catch. Michael Thomas is a beast. Um, and then Rashid Shahid at that wide receiver three spot. I think he's a pretty common pick for a breakout player right now, and I kind of see it. I, I like Shahid as a deep threat. Um, Traquan Smith, A.T. Perry, who they just drafted out of Wake Forest. James Washington, and if guys like this can make the team, Kiki Kuti, Brian Edwards, Lynn Bowden Jr., I think they have some solid options in that receiving room. Um, looking at the tight end group, Jawan Johnson produced a good amount last year. Then they went out and got Foster Moreau. Uh, Taysom Hill obviously will always be in the building. And then they went out and signed Jimmy Graham to a one-year contract not too long ago. That was really strange to me given how long he's been out of the league. Um when I look, I, I thought I read it wrong for a second because it makes a lot more sense for him to come onto the coaching staff. But no, Jimmy Graham back in the league. He is, uh, he is going to be a New Orleans Saint this year. I don't really know where they're going to go with that, um, but I, he's someone that they clearly wanted back in the building. So yeah, Jimmy Graham back to the Saints. That was a headline I was not expecting to read this off season. Um, and I really do not love this offensive line. Brian Ramchek obviously is really really solid, um, but Trevor Penning had a really, really rough preseason and beginning of year one before he tore his ACL. Uh, I don't think that we're really going to see too much resurgence out of him. He's a really solid physical profile. He's like 6'7", 330 or something like that. Very athletic, uh, but he, I think, is very sloppy with his feet. He's a really weird dude to have in the locker room. I don't know if you remember last year, Jeremy, all the videos going around about him. Um, how he likes to legally assault the person in front of him. He's this really weird dude. I, I'm not a petting guy. Um, and then Cesar Ruiz, I think, is really bad. Eric McCoy is solid. Andres Pete's all right. But I don't really buy into a lot of different parts of this group. Moving on to the defense, I think that this front seven, particularly the pass rush, is completely cooked. Cameron Jordan, at this point in his career, um, he does not have much juice left in the tank. I really think that he is going to be very, very limited as a pass rusher. I think he can still set the edge as a run defender, um, but I'm not totally convinced on him putting up a ton of production as a pass rusher this year. Uh, Peyton Turner, I think the third going into his third year, I believe, um, uh, still a potential breakout candidate in my eyes, but we'll see about that. Uh, Kalen Sanders and Nathan, Nathan Shepard on the inside. Um, it's a solid group against the run, but I don't think they're really creating much pressure uh, up the middle. Carl Granderson, the rookie Isaiah Foskey, uh, rookie Brian Brzee, I think it creates some pressure, but he's not going to be on the field a ton given how bad of a run defender he is. Uh, I, I think that this group is going to be close to the bottom of the league in terms of pressure rates. Um, and then there's there's a good amount to like with this linebacker core. Demario Davis, I think, is still a monster, uh, albeit his age is definitely getting up there. And I think that showed a little bit last year, um, but he's still an awesome leader on this defense. One of the most underrated players in the league. I do like Pete Werner. And I, I it, it's crazy to me that Zach Bond is still in starting lineups. I feel like this was a project that should have, 
the ship should have sailed not too long ago. Um, but you know, that's how it works when you just tread water with your, your team building strategy, you still have to throw guys like Zach Bond out into the starting lineup. Um, this secondary does move me, uh, Marshawn Lattimore, another year out of Paulson Adebo. I really, really like Alante Taylor. I think that he's in for a major, major breakout season this year, um, both him and Olave. I think that this was another really solid Saints draft in that regard in terms of they got a stud on offense and on defense. I think Alante Taylor is going to be an awesome cornerback too next to Lattimore. Um, Adebo is a great third option. And then Tyron Matthew, Marcus May is the safety duo. That's obviously really solid. There's part, there's bits and pieces about this team that I like, but as I've alluded to plenty of times before, I really hate the way that they're team building right now because they're just sort of on this slow, linear, downward decline, and it's it's sort of not really giving them a chance to blow it up and uh, get high draft capital to spend on guys in the draft this year. Um, and it's also not letting them really compete for anything. And I think being stuck in the middle is one of the worst places you can be as a franchise. So that's how I feel about the Saints right now. I'm kind of out on them. Yeah, I mean, I, I hate to basically just repeat everything you're saying for all of these four teams, but I agree. I have them coming in at second with a record of 7-10. and 10. It's This is a team where if they manage to win this division, I wouldn't be shocked because this is a very mediocre division and there are pieces to this team that I like, but I'm with you. Derek Carr really didn't feel like a, a necessary move. I, I genuinely believe like Carr's very fine. He's not, he's not going to make a difference to this team. I genuinely, genuinely, genuinely believe they should let Jake Hanner play. He is one of the most fun quarterbacks I've ever watched play college football he was just so good at Fresno State. I've never seen someone put his body on the line like he did. He's very accurate, doesn't turn the ball over a ton. He doesn't really have the arm talent that you want to see from, from an average NFL quarterback. But I don't think Carr – you look at Carr, you think of Winston. You know what you're getting with those guys, and that's very mediocre average production for the most part. Why why not give Hayner a shot? I think especially if they start off slow, give him a shot. He he's a very very good player, and re- really the only the knock on him is that he has a smaller frame and doesn't have incredible arm talent. But I I love Jake Hayner. I wrote about him in a draft sleeper article. I love him absolutely. Running backs, I don't even know what Alvin Kamara is because it always feels like he's going to get suspended. It feels like there's just always something up with him. They signed Jamal Williams, who had a fantastic season in terms of punching in touchdowns. I think that was able to get him a little bit of an overpay, but I still think there's value to that. I think he he is a good goal line back. He's he's not meant to be a three down every every play guy that that bursts off the big runs. He finishes plays, which is valuable. Kendra Miller, they drafted in the third round. I think he's someone that could emerge, especially uh, in years moving forward, should they move on from Kamara. The receivers, it's Chris Olave, I think, is in for another big year. He looked pretty good as a rookie. I see no reason why he won't continue to progress. Michael Thomas, I don't even know what Michael Thomas is. We've barely seen him play. When, you know... If we manage to get that prime Michael Thomas, then I we're, we're talking about a totally different story. 
But at this point, I have virtually no expectations on him. The depth of wide receiver I like, Rashid Shahid, uh, A.T. Perry, who they drafted out of Wake Forest. I like uh, I like Kiki Cutie if he were to make the team. Traquan Smith. They have some they have some versatile options. And that's not necessarily going to factor in huge for how they ultimately perform. But worth noting, there's not that much I like about the line. I like Ramchek. You mentioned Trevor Penning. Weird guy. Weird weird guy to root for to begin with. Then the defense. Cameron Jordan is just not the player he once was. He still is a useful player, but he's very clearly the headliner of that pass rush, and I don't think that's a place you want to be, especially considering I think the reinforcements after that don't do a ton for me. They took Brian Bercy in the first round. It'll be interesting to see the way that he fits, the way that they kind of rotate him in with playing time. Demario Davis has been one of my favorite players in the league. He's just been so consistently good. Yes, age is a factor, but I think he's going to continue to be a great player. You mentioned the DBs. I, I do like the cornerback room a lot. Marshawn Lattimore has been locked down since he entered the league. Alante Taylor and Paulson Adebo are two guys I like. I really liked Adebo last year. He hasn't quite... He didn't take a, the leap that I expected, but that's also because I, I really liked him out of out of college. I really thought... I, I had higher expectations than were probably fair. The safeties, Tyron Matthew, Marcus May, those are names, but I don't know if they really do a ton for me. Overall, it, this just very mediocre. There's there's the possibility of winning this division because the division isn't strong, but it's also hard to forecast this team heading in the right direction moving forward. I think they they really need to bite the bullet and and go with that youth movement. E- youth movement, even if that means they're going to struggle overall. I So I think they're very much in that middle class where they're not going to actually have significant competition where they're going to be competing for Super Bowls anytime soon. So I have them 7-10. and 10. All right. There's our uh, there's our first matching record, I believe. Um. Okay. I think this is where you and I are going to kind of differ, even if the rankings are the same, because I'm very, very high on the Atlanta Falcons. I have them finishing first with the record of 11-6 and six this year. I really think that the Falcons are going to be a, a super, super solid team this year. The acquisition of B. John Robinson was certainly one of the more controversial draft picks, given what we've seen out of the running back position. It's usually bad faith to draft one that high, given how little value that they add to the offense. Uh, but I think B. John Robinson's different, and I completely understand why they went out and spent such high capital on him. Um, I think that with the sort of weakness of this receiving core, you're going to have dynamic re- weapons in Bijan Robinson and Kyle Pitts who can line up um, at multiple different positions. Both of them can catch passes deep. Both of them can block really well. And obviously Bijan Robinson is going to be super, super smooth as a ball carrier. Um, you're going to have guys like that who can come into formations and remain big enough and get to these like goal line-esque formations, I guess, where you can still run the ball where you're definitely threatening running the ball, but you still have enough deep threat in both of those guys to where you can still have a major, major air attack, especially with Drake London on the field. And I think that kind of weakness for a defense is going to be huge because they're going to be lining up in a lot of 22 personnel. I bet they lead the league in 22 personnel this year. Um, And most of the time when you're in 22 personnel like that, you're running the ball. Like it's, it's almost a given that you are going to be running the football. Um, but having that threat to where Robinson and Pitts can both get down the field, catch deep passes in 22 personnel, there's no defensive formation in the league right now 
that's heavy enough to not allow high efficiency against the run while being light enough to stop that air attack. And I think that's going to be huge, not only for any offense, that's huge for an offense with a potential second year breakout at the quarterback position in Desmond Ritter. Um, I think I'm, I'm all in on a Ritter breakout this year because I think all he really needs to do is check his boxes. Um, and from what I saw out of him in year one, I have no problem believing that he can do that. There were certainly some issues. I think that he was a little bit jittery in the pocket last year, but he also threw with veteran level anticipation on a lot of different accounts. Uh, I think that he has what it takes to kind of get out of the pocket and create. He's very Dacky, maybe a little bit Geno-y to me um, in terms of his play style. I really think he's going to be able to get it done this year. Um, I think, yeah, I, I'm all in on this Falcons offense. The offensive line is really, really solid. I think that the combo of Chris Lindstrom and Caleb McGarry on the right side is probably the best duo, uh, the right, the best right side duo in the entire league. I mean, you've still got Jake Matthews, Matthew Bergeron. I really think that this offense is going to be world beating. And I think Bijan Robinson is going to transform this Falcons offense in sort of a 2021 Jamar Chase way, where he's just going to completely change what they're able to do. And I, I really love that for them. Um, onto the defense. This was a very, very unserious group last year. And they went out and just sort of threw a bunch of acquisitions at the problem. I don't love a ton of the moves they made, but it's really hard to see a path for regression given how bad they were this year and how many big names that they added this year. They went out and got Calais Campbell from the Ravens. Obviously, he's getting up there in age. He's going to be, what, 37, something like that. I still think he's got a little bit of juice left in the tank. And then the combo of him, David Onyemata, and Grady Jarrett as your kind of front three in a 3-4, that's a really, really solid group, one of the best in the league. I mean, that is depth. You've got Traquan Graham, Eddie Goldman, the former Bear, who I really like. That's going to be a really solid group. And then creating pressure, you'll have Lorenzo Carter, Bud Dupree, Arnold Ebiketti. I, I think I really, really liked Ebiketti out of college. In his first two years, we haven't seen a ton. I'm sort of in on a year three breakout for him as many times as I predicted it. I think Arnold Ebiketti could be really, really solid in this league. And if you're getting consistent pressure out of him, this is going to look awesome for this defense. Uh, the inside linebacker duo is really rough to me. Troy Anderson and Caden Ellis is not a crazy, crazy duo. Uh, but you got Michael Walker on the bench, Dorian Etheridge. I, I don't love that group, but I, I'm willing to take a weakness at the inside linebacker spot. Um, onto the secondary, they went out and added Jesse Bates out of Cincinnati. I'm not the biggest fan of Bates, and I'm certainly not the biggest fan of that contract. But again, hard to project regression when you're throwing this many names at the problem. AJ Terrell obviously had a really rough year last year after being probably the best cornerback in the entire league in 2021. Uh, we'll see how well he can bounce back from that. But honestly, I'm betting on it. I think that AJ Terrell is going to resurge a little bit closer to that form. Um, and right now listed as the right cornerback is Jeff Okuda. I'm not sure that that's what it looks like come week one. I wouldn't be surprised if Clark Phillips gets slotted in there. I really liked him out of the University of Utah. Um, Darren Hall, D. Alford. I, I'm not the biggest Okuda guy. I thought that with the Lions, he showed a couple of good weeks early. But the thing about him was he would press a ton really aggressively because he's got these super long arms. He would press super, super aggressively and have 
ton of overhang at the safety position. And Bates, as much as I've criticized him, is one of the better sa- coverage safeties in the league. So maybe that's something you want to replicate with him. Um, but I, I don't love Okuda. I wouldn't be surprised if one of these other guys slots in as your base corner ahead of him. Uh, but I think he's a solid option. Overall, I, I think that this team is probably the biggest sleeper in the league right now, especially on offense. I think that they're going to have the the ability to have so much misdirection from so many different spots. Bijan Robinson's going to be a very efficient running back carrying the ball in that zone scheme that they love to run. Um, I think Ritter is going to be a lot better of an option than Mariota was last year. God knows how inaccurate he was. Um, I I think that this team is one of the biggest like sneaky contenders in the entire league. I really love the Falcons this year. I'm sure if the Falcons knew you, they would love you as well. I also have the Falcons winning the division at nine and eight. I'm not quite to the level of Jackson's love, but I I see the upside. I kind of see the vision here. I definitely don't love Desmond Ritter as much as Jackson, but that's also because Jackson loves Desmond Ritter. I think he can be serviceable. I don't know if I'm sold that he's like a true franchise quarterback kind of guy. But with the system around him, I think he can succeed. And I think that's largely because I think Bijan Robinson is going to be fantastic. I think the process in which he was drafted, I am I am against. I, I think the, the capital spent there is kind of unwise. But that doesn't really make a difference in terms of what the team's actually going to be. And Bijan Robinson is an absolute stud. I, I think he's going to transition very well. He's going to quickly be the face of this offense, possibly one of the premier running backs in the, in the conference. And should anything happen to him? I mean, they have, they have some fantastic running back depth. Tyler Algier, he got rewarded for a great rookie season by, by them drafting a, another running back in the first round. Cordell Patterson is, is always around good, good versatile guy like that receivers. Drake London is, I, again, I think with hopefully Ritter has some more consistency I think London can be in for another great year. I really like all of these 22 guys having another stepping forward for for their second year. After that, though, the receivers worry me. Mac Hollins, Scotty Miller doesn't do a ton for me. Uh, they brought in Kadera Hodge. Not, don't love that either. Frank Darby, former Arizona State Sun Devil, I love him, but I don't know if he's if he's really someone you want starting consistently. The receivers, I'm a little ant eh on. But what makes up for that is the tight end duo I really like. I think I, at this point, it's hard to be out on Kyle Pitts. Well, I suppose in my mind, it has to click at some point for Kyle Pitts. And it's been misleading some of his struggles. But at a point, he has he's too good. He's too athletic. He has too much of that profile of being a superstar for him not to produce at that level. I think this is the year where we see, okay, this is why he was the highest tight end taken in forever. Jonu Smith is the second tight end, too. That's that's a fantastic uh, duo there. Also, not related at all. Felipe Franks has been taking reps at tight end, which is hilarious. Not, not relevant to the point. So I think the tight ends are going to be very important for this offense. The line you mentioned, Pretty strong. I love Chris Lindstrom. I, I can't really explain it, but he's actually one of my, my favorite linemen in the sport. Caleb McGarry and Jake Matthews on the ends. They drafted Matthew Bergeron out of Syracuse. The offense, there, there's a lot to like. I think the receivers leave a little bit to be desired. 
but you talk about Bijan, the tight ends I really like, and then it comes down to Ritter, and I don't think they need Ritter to be a superstar. They just need him to be competent. They need him to really fit that game manager mold, and I think that can be enough to have them in strong contention to win the division. The defense, like you said, it was it was really bad, and so I don't think it can get much worse. The front doesn't do a ton for me. Clays Campbell, uh, David Onyemata, Garrett Drady, Garrett Drady, Grady Jarrett. They drafted Zach Harrison, former uh, top recruit from Ohio State. He kind of didn't live up to the expectations there, but he does still have a nice physical profile. He could show up. You mentioned Eddie Goldman, acquired former Chicago Bear. There are some guys just not, I don't know, nothing I'm super in on. I know you're a huge Arnold Abiketti guy. I really don't have a ton to add on him, but I hope for your sake, for your narratives, he he's able to take a step forward. That's linebackers as well, just does not a ton for me. I don't I don't like this front seven. But the back end of the defense I I actually quietly like. I feel I feel very good about AJ Terrell bouncing back. I'm not I'm not too concerned. I feel like that's not a not a crazy thing to say. It's not a wild bet. Richie Grant has been very productive, former Dayton product, known known football school Dayton. They signed Jesse Bates, and, and I think we're in agreement on this. I think the contract is probably not great, and he's not worth that. It might not be the investment, the smartest investment to make. He might be might be a little overpay for what he is. But with that being said, he's still a good player. It's a, a good improvement for a defense that, like like we've already said, really struggled last year. It feels like they can't get worse. Jeff Okuda... I don't really have much of an expectation for him, but I, I like that move. I think might as well give it a shot. It's kind of one of those things where if he fails, oh, well, it was worth worth the risk. But Clark Phillips is a guy that I really, really like. He fell down the board large because largely because he doesn't really have that frame. He's a very small player. But all he did was produce and produce and produce at Utah. I think that he will emerge as that starting cornerback across from A.J. Terrell. And so I, I think when should Clark Phillips step up like I think he can, I think that's a really strong secondary. And in this division, like like I've been saying, it's it's not a fantastic division. All you got competence on both sides of the ball with just a little bit of upside with certain guys, I think that can get it done. So I'm not as I'm not as in on them as Jackson to give them eleven wins, right? Eleven wins. But I, I have them at nine and eight. That's enough to take the division, go to the playoffs. Okay. All right. Same same rankings, I think, throughout. Same, same yes, four. we're we're the same four through one, and let's see. All right, we are. Let's do our superlatives. Got a little MVP, rookie of the year, most improved, biggest surprise, biggest letdown. Go. MVP with with a lack of a major quarterback presence. I am going with Bijan Robinson. I think that he is going to eclipse the rare two thousand all purpose yards mark. I think he's going to be very, very involved both as a rusher and as a receiver. He'll be really efficient in that zone scheme because it fits really well with his play style. Um I think that he is going to be super, super involved in that offense and he'll sort of have the the off ball effect where him being on the field sort of creates a decoy for other people to get production. I really, really love what B. John's gonna do for this offense. Yeah, ditto. I have B. John Robinson MVP. I think he's going to carry them, kind of, also kind of pun intended, towards that playoff berth. He's just a fantastic player. We can go over the the value of where he was drafted, the process of it. He's a stud, and he's going to do stud things out of the gate. 
All right. Um, my rookie of the year also is Bijan, just because you know he's a he's a rookie. Is that what you've got going there too, or do you have? Did you yeah, go the that, route? Yeah, that's also that's also what I have written down. But obviously, I, I can mention Bryce Young. I like I. Yeah, that's what I was gonna really. say. Bryce Young's a very safe player. I I feel like he's gonna have the smoothest transition from college among all of the quarterbacks. That doesn't necessarily mean we'll see super gaudy, fantastic stats, but I don't think he's a guy that's going to look super overwhelmed. He's going to look the part, and and he's going to be. You're going to watch him this year and be like, okay, yeah, I can see that trajectory. I can see him being that franchise quarterback moving forward. All right, yeah, and and the other thing about it is like the the voters favor quarterbacks so so heavily. Um, I think that like that's the whole reason Brock Purdy made his way in there despite starting like six games or something like that over Olave which is pretty crazy to me most improved player yeah. um I, I I've got Chris Olave but I, I think that's kind of cheating because I if we're gonna look at it from like a breakout standpoint I think he already broke out last year um the other guy I really wanted to mention is Alante Taylor I think he showed quite a bit in his rookie year and went sort of under the radar given how many rookie cornerbacks were producing at a really really high level last year um but I think Alante Taylor is going to have a major year two jump and I think him and Lattimore is going to be an awesome awesome duo for the Saints for years to come so I really like Alante Taylor fair for most improved and and again this kind of same thing like you were mentioning a little bit of cheating but it's Kyle Pitts because I think this is the year where we finally get that sort of production from Kyle Pitts that we've expected. He's going to, you know, if the Falcons are playing well, if they're going to be the team that ultimately wins the division, Kyle Pitts is going to have to be a big part of that. I think that's fair. All right. My biggest surprise is the Falcons offense in total. Um, I, I think that a lot of people are viewing them as like this fringe 500, potentially non-division winning team. I think that they are, I think there are multiple tiers above anyone in their division, and the whole reason for that is their offense. They have so much misdirection. I'm in on a Ritter year two stud year because I don't think he really has a major, major assignment. And then I love the combination of Robinson and Pitts. So I I really like this Falcons offense. I think they're going to shock a lot of people. Fair enough. Kind of in the the same tune. I want just specific player here. I have Johnny Smith. And again, this is one where it's all relative. But and I just mentioned Kyle Pitts too. So my point isn't that Johnny Smith is gonna be some sort of superstar, but I think we've kind of forgot about him. He signed that that bigger deal with New England and kind of just never lived up to expectations after having a solid start to in Tennessee. I think what we're asking of Desmond Ritter without having a ton of strong receivers outside of Drake London, I think Johnny Smith is a guy that's gonna get. Um, some targets he's gonna ha- pick up some big first down move the chains a target in the red zone so I'm not I'm not necessarily asking a lot out of him but I think he can be a guy that you know maybe near near 40 catches couple touchdowns on the year I don't I don't think that's too much to ask out of him yeah I I think I I, I really like John I am I'm actually really glad you mentioned that I think he's gonna be a major part of this offense I said earlier like I think the Falcons are going to lead the league in 22 personnel. I think Pitts and Johnny will be seeing the field quite a bit this year. I'm I'm really glad you mentioned that. Um, all right, my biggest yeah. letdown, my biggest letdown is Baker Mayfield because I think that there's still some people who sort of believe in him as a resurgence the guy. Um, I'm wholeheartedly betting against that. I think that we sort of know what Baker is at this point, and I think 
you know, best case scenario, he wins the starting job and, excuse me, fringely makes it through 17 games. I think more likely is that he either doesn't win the starting job week one or wins the starting job week one and then ends up getting benched due to poor performance. I, I, I just, I don't see it with Baker. I don't see this sort of resurgence in his career too jittery in the pocket. I, I don't think we're really getting that stardom out of him anymore. Is my audio fine? It's been kind of my mic has been fidgety. It definitely it definitely sounds better now. It was it was a little bit choppier earlier, but you sound yeah, you sound great now. Okay. That that all is well. My biggest letdown is Mike Evans. Mike Evans has been as consistent as they come since he's been in the league. We've obvi- we obviously know if you follow football, you've heard, oh, thousand yards every single season. Ridiculously impressive. He is a great player. I think it's just at this point in his career with a quarterback that's not going to necessarily set him up for success. I think this is the year where we see a little more decline in production. He's maybe not going to hit that thousand yard threshold. Just in general, him, Godwin, any kind of receiving piece on the Buccaneers is going to, their value is going to plummet because Baker Mayfield, Kyle Trask, whoever's under center is just, it's hard to really have a ton of faith in them. He's entering. I mean, I, I believe this is going to be his age thirty season. I don't. I don't think he's a, a be, going to you know fall off a cliff by any means. But I I imagine his production is going to start start going downhill a little bit. Yeah, that's that's the that NFC is. South. That is. Anything else to add? I think I would just say buy your stock on the Falcons while you can right now. I think they're they're my biggest like sleeper right now that I'm sort of betting on i guess fair enough i uh this is a, a a weird division very weird division but that's that's just gonna about that's just about gonna conclude it jackson powers you want to find him outside of the redshirt podcast i mean obviously you're listening to him on the redshirt podcast which is the most important but check out the tiktok jpow nfl same on Twitter, JPOW NFL. Look him up on YouTube, Jackson Powers. You'll see all that good stuff. Me, you're trying to find more of my stuff? Right now, you're listening to the Redshirt Podcast on Spotify. So read the blog, the redshirt.blog or the redshirt.wix site backslash home. I don't even know if the redshirt.blog actually works. I'm I'm not really sure if the domain is still there. Irrelevant. Uh, check out the Twitter at the Redshirt blog. I try to post updates for when there are new blogs, new podcasts. Speaking of that, the Instagram, I definitely do that. New blogs, new podcasts, some really, really cool graphics through this whole NFL divisional series. We've gotten some really cool graphics that I think think are definitely worth checking out. That's all I got. So yep. uh, that will just about conclude this episode of the Redshirt Podcast. We will see you guys next time.